do it separately. Aye, aye. Separately. I'm recording now. Oh He's my recording. Gosh, now. I'm so glad. So What's up, guys? This is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. Unleavened Bread. <laughs> I don't want that bread. <laughs> yeah, that's the be- That's the bread that, like, if it had yeast in it, it would, like, deflate before you got it out of there. The blah. Blah. <laughs> free blah. But it's not leavened bread. It's unleavened bread. This is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread, and we are glad you're listening to the show. I am Dalton, your host, with David Overstreet. I'm here. And Whitney Williams. Hey, On her phone as usual. What did you just say? Um, I'm prepared for Facebook memory time. <laughs> oh, that's true. So I swerve to, on I you. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Facebook Which, memories. Is that going to be like a full on? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Open up the sermon I was listening to on Facebook. <laughs> sermon. <laughs> that makes me sound like so holy. I'm like, yeah, I was listening to a sermon. Uh, so holy. So holy. I'm holier than that. Holy. Well, it's ironic because today is my brother's birthday and I'm going... Today is my brother sister's birthday. <laughs> Your brother's sister's birthday. <laughs> September 13th. How old is she? She just turned 36. My brother's 32. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Over the hill. Why are my sister has four years on your on your brother. So, huh. That's fine. He's young and alive. And youthful and just... As <laughs> opposed to old and dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a little less over the hump, Okay. All right, guys. Facebook memory time. Who wants to go first? Um, I'll go first because last week, Whitney tried to share, share some truth. You know, just going right into it. And so this time, I have truth to share. I Yeah, share my it. Facebook memories, apparently on my brother's birthday, the past how many of years is trash. So you go for it. So I shared this September 13th of 2011. And I said, so to all of you single depressed girls out there, I believe finding the right guy that's going to treat you like a lady isn't exactly the answer to your being happy right now. Because from all the statuses I've been seeing lately, those girls that are in great relationships are still depressed. Mic drop. Wow. (laughs) Did you reshare that memory? You probably should. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But to make that godly related, a boyfriend isn't the answer. God is. Mm. Amen. Yeah. I don't like boys, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> and as usual, I follow up a very good Facebook memory with a stupid one. And this is from 2009. It's just capital B-L-A-H. Blah. Blah. That's all it is. <laughs> that I felt the need to share that with humans. Just that sound. I mean, it's pretty relatable. I feel like that really relates to you very well, actually. You're always doing that. Capital B-L-A-H. Well, I've never seen you spell it, but you make sounds like that all the time. All of us do. Meh. We watched um, the Mm. Lilo and Stitch movie. (laughs) We rewatched it together collectively as a group. (laughs) Praise God. Mm. And David decided to replay the scene where Nani's boyfriend, what's his face, saves Stitch and pulls him up out of the water. This might have been the second one of the movies. I don't really remember and he goes and then for the next 45 minutes of my young adult life (laughs) is filled with david bringing up youtube on the tv and replaying that scene over and over again just the fact that they had a little clip of that (laughs) means there are others like me 
who found it <laughs> and wanted to clip it. All right. Yes. So it's not just me that's immature. There he's are unconscious, other but I think he's, he's alive. He's not. <laughs> yeah, he's not alone, ladies. He is available for your bleh moments. Um, he Blah. would love to. You listen. mean he's not taken? You said he's not alone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We're not alone. We have Jesus. So. You're home. Go drunk. Uh, yeah, oh so that's our friend. Great Facebook memory. What's yours, Whitney? Ugh. I apparently 10 years ago said going to the game tonight, hope our team wins, which that's funny because our team never really did. Um, there's pictures of a relationship in my BC years. Dun, dun, dun. Not going to share Christ. that. Yes. Thanks for clarifying that, bud. Yeah, you're welcome. Yes. And then... I mean, people might not, you know, realize. Five years ago... Dun, dun, dun. After I was back in church for like a month, I posted the right kind of love is a choice, not just a feeling. And then mm. I did hashtag pray first. Man, she, she's knocking it, us out of the ballpark Wisdom. every week. Whitdom. 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 Can we just call that, <laughs> the, have a Whitdom. segment called Whitdom? Whitdom. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's funny because it could go both ways. It could be a play on words for wisdom or it could just be us calling her dumb. <laughs> wit dumb. Um, is it wit dumb or is it wit dumb? Yeah. Definitely going to be the first option because be I am not speaking yeah. that over my life. <laughs> Let you guys decide. Is it wit dumb or is it wit dumb? Yeah, that could be a good way to include the listeners. Like a little. But then that might. Take a little poll. <laughs> that might make Whitney feel pretty bad about herself. <laughs> Well, no, we can make it obvious that yeah. it's not going to be like, you know, a wisdom thing. Well, sometimes. let's get down to, to the basics of that. No one can make you feel bad about yourself before you do. Oh, so that's Stop. true. That's very true. Dun, dun, dun. So the answer is God. <laughs> What's with you in these? Dun, 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 dun. Dun. I have to keep up with David and his <laughs> moments. You're not Blah. doing it right. It's well, <laughs> it's It's urgent. It's not... It's, it's, it's taking, not being scared. It's, okay, Mr. It's taking care. in that first wonderful breath after almost drowning trying to save an alien dog. I'm yeah. sorry. Did we just come if out of our mother's wombs that. here? Like, what do you... Her first breath. Okay. <laughs> Next. I'm trying to think of a way to transition into our topic from that, and there's no way. Well, the, I... Great option. You We're know going what? to turn away from that moment right <laughs> actually, there and actually, repent. <laughs> actually, I know a way how we could do it. So, right after that scene, Stitch was like exiled from the family because they were like, mm. "You almost drowned, Lilo." Mm, and yeah. so Stitch had to reconcile. Ooh. You know, he had to do stuff to like make them want him to be a part of the Ohana again, Ooh. which means family, which means nobody ever gets left behind. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So we're talking about reconciliation tonight and yeah. repentance because yep. I feel like those go hand in hand. And this is something that has been on Whitney's heart. Um, it was kind of a key word for me a couple of weeks back. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's a good topic to talk about tonight. Yeah. So let's start with a good old definition, y'all. Mm. Let's do it. How did I know that's what was going to happen? Uh, Whitney's going to define it for us. To define, well, you got reconciliation. I got repentance. Okay. Give me a second. Okay. Well, while he looks up that repentance, it's the action of repenting sincere regret or remorse. So unfortunately, guys, that is not like hypothetically stealing from somebody, knowing you're going to do it again and then saying you're sorry and then continuing to do it again. Hate to break the the ice to you, 
but it does mean to actually genuinely sincerely feel bad for an action and to turn like turn around from it yeah and go the other direction yeah so um reconciliation is the restoration of friendly relations and i don't think reconciliation is like a biblical word but it's something that we definitely use and definitely put into use yeah in our christian lives because when um when we've sinned against a brother in the church or um somebody in the family like we're called to go and make amends right uh to ask for their forgiveness and to confess our sins to them and so that is literally reconciliation actually totally is a biblical word because in corinthians 5 like paul tells us that god has given us the ministry of reconciliation Mm. and it even talks about like before you I don't know if that's that same chapter, but like separate of that, it talks about if you have something against your brother or sister and you're trying to bring like sacrifices before God, you need to go to them and repent and try to make amends and then come back and offer whatever you're trying to offer to God. Mm. So it, it is like you need to, to turn from. Oh, and yeah, that you... yeah, I can't believe I forgot this in, in Colossians, which I always bring up in every episode. Um, we're taught that Jesus reconciled us or God reconciled us to himself, to himself through Jesus Christ, through his death. Why? Wow, how did I forget that? Wow. I'm disappointed in myself. Well, this was Facebook memories. You. Yeah. That clouded your memory. <laughs> it's that worldly wisdom. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, let's talk about a little bit of repentance first. So they're like in Acts two twenty eight. Peter says, repent and be baptized after he's brought the gospel to these people. I think a lot of people forget that repentance is one of those first commands, like those first acts of obedience after giving your life to Christ. A lot of people today, uh, at least in my experience, is they're like, they hear the gospel and they're like, awesome, that sounds great. And then they just keep doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we fall short in that a lot. Um, I think it's important to know what repentance is and to how to do it. I was going to say, honestly, that's one of the things that kept me from coming to God for a long time. It wasn't that I didn't believe what I was hearing in the Bible or about the character of God was true. It's that I didn't know how to live my life separate of the way that it looked to the world. Mm -hmm. And that meant being in relationships and, and pursuing that in a worldly way. Like, I wasn't out just doing super unlawful ungodly awful things but i was in committed relationships where we definitely were not putting jesus first and we were not trying to set boundaries and establish um things to to have us do it in the order that the bible tells us to do it um so i'll word it like that but yeah that kept me from coming to god for a long time because i didn't want to give it the hypocritical name i didn't want to be like yeah i'm a christian and people that have been hurt by people in church be like, wow, am I going to go to church with a bunch of hypocrites? Yeah. Like I already knew that I wasn't going to let go of what I wanted to do. And so it took me a long time to realize that you come to God just the way you are, even with all that stuff. And as you get to know him, slowly those things fall out of your life. Mm-hmm. Slowly you don't have the desire anymore. Slowly you change. Slowly you become like what you're looking at. You become the image of God. And I didn't know that's how it worked. I just knew that I wasn't ready to let go of relationships and emotions and just ways that I the only ways I knew how to do things mm-hmm. and really pursue that. I felt like I'm like, I'm not going to wear a long skirt. I'm not going to 
talk with the way they talk and yeah. I'm not going to read the definition like for repentance again for us. Repentance, the action of repenting, sincere regret or remorse. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't mean that all that stuff is just suddenly gone. It means that you want to let go of it and pursue a relationship with God. And so it's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. It's you regret the way that you've lived. And so now you want to change that. You want to walk a different path, walk the opposite way. And so, like, it doesn't mean you're perfect right away. No. It just means that you're trying not to be who you've been. Yeah. And God helps you with that, for sure. I've heard it this way on a podcast that, and I mentioned this in a few of our um, episodes ago, but I think I was listening to a podcast about a book called Atomic Habits, and it talks about each small decision you make, you're casting a vote for the type of person that you want to be. And that was really powerful to me because I think you've that shared that quote before. Yeah. I think that I did, but I wanted to just reiterate that because I think that's so powerful because I think it's the decisions that we make when no one else is looking. That's who we actually are. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to make the right choice sometimes in front of people because you want to look a certain type of way to them. But it's the decisions that you make in your heart that no one else sees that does cast a vote for the type of person that you're actually trying to be. Yeah. And so um, I just wanted to reiterate that and share that for some reason. I don't know who that was for, but your small decisions do matter. Yeah. Or maybe not even trying to be, but willing to be. Yeah. Because one could argue that like, well, I'm not trying to be this bad person or this person who does these things, but that's who you're willing to be in those moments. Yeah. So. And I think that's part of repenting. Like whenever you make small choices like that, you might be like, well, this isn't hurting me. I don't see the harm in it. I don't see it that it's a bad thing, but does it produce fruit? It doesn't. No, not is it just a learning experience. Okay, cool. Anything can be a learning experience. Is this producing fruit? Is it putting God first? Is it honoring him or is it honoring what you want? Mm -hmm. Because it's one or the other. Yeah. Like where's your priorities with that? And I mean, like even though you might not see the results of whatever it is right there in that moment, that fruit or lack thereof is going to show itself later on down the road. Yeah. I think somewhere in the Bible it says, Whatever is done in darkness will always be brought to light. Yeah. Um, what whether it's sin or good deeds, like it's all it's gonna be brought to light in yeah. some shape, form, or fashion. What do you guys think that breaking point is for most people to feel like they they really need repentance? Honestly, I think it's when you finally understand whatever principle it is that God's trying to teach you. Mm-hmm. For me. I ran from him for so long because I wanted to do life my way because I felt like he didn't have my priorities in mind, which I mean, he doesn't, but he has better in mind, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I was, you know, so worried about who I was going to marry, um, what my life was going to look like. And I felt like God just didn't want that for me. Yeah. And so I ran from him for that because I wanted to do life my way. Um, But finally, God made it clear to me what it was that I wasn't understanding. And then at that same time, I had been running from him for so long that I was just, I was at my breaking point. You know, I went through so much before I came to Christ. And it's not that God was forsaking me. It's because I was forsaking God. Mm Mm-hmm. I felt him tugging on my life, tugging on my heart, 
telling me to come to him, to rest in him, to trust in him, but I just wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Finally, I reached that breaking point where I was like, nothing I do works. Everything I do just turns to ashes. It leads to destruction. So finally, God just got through my thick skull and showed me how much better life can be when I trust in him. Yeah. And that was the breaking point for me where I was like, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to turn away from what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. So for for most people, you'd say that there unfortunately has to be a level of toxicity in their life for them to even really not necessarily. I don't think there has to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't the case for my sister. She like has it made. She is in her dream job. She loves it. She's got a husband and two kids. She owns her house, um, and it's like a nicer house in Clarksville. Mm-hmm. Like she's had it great, but then she realized that she just wanted more. Like she felt like she was never happy with what she had. Yeah, and suddenly um, she ended up watching this documentary on Netflix called The American Gospel. And it just made her realize how much she's been missing. Right. Despite what everybody's been trying to tell her. Mm-hmm. And finally, she was like, they were making a point on the documentary about how Israel just kept complaining. No matter what God did for them, they just kept complaining. Yeah. Um, and she felt like that was her. And so finally, she was like, God has blessed me in so many ways, and all I've done is complain. Let me see what this is really about. She stopped drinking. She has really toned down with like the slander and obscene talk. Um, and she's trying to, she's reading, she's not trying, she is reading the Bible front to back. And she's all the way in Joshua right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't take toxicity. But unfortunately for some people, it does get to that point where you just push God out of your life so much that that's what it comes to. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to put it. What do you think, David? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> His uh, I realize I do that to Whitney a lot, so I could do it I can do it to you once. Cool. <laughs> I think repentance is it's a whole new level of commitment. Um, or at least showing your commitment to the Lord. Um because when I got baptized, I felt like I, it was the right thing to do, and it is biblically the right thing to do, but I didn't really think about that, the repentance. Um, becoming a Christian became increasingly harder as soon as I got baptized. Oh, yeah. And the it's like repentance was something that I thought would come later. Like It mm-hmm. wasn't something that... It was like, I get baptized first, and then I grow towards repentance. But it's like, no, like repentance and baptism, it's like they happen simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of a wake-up call for me. Um, and, like, God held me accountable to that, especially um, the last couple years of my life. It just, like, really sending me clear messages that, you know, something needs to change. So, yeah. For sure. Whitney, did you have enough time to think? <laughs> I don't know. It could take a few years. <laughs> Widom. <laughs> Widom. <With> dumb. <laughs> no, with dumb. With dumb. With dumb. Oh, I'm sorry, Atlanta. go ahead. Um, 
there was a there was a couple of points that I wanted to make. Um, part of it is our responsibility in this, and I think a lot of people don't repent. A lot of people don't come to God because they don't want to take responsibility. I think our culture and a lot of us have become lazy, and it's all victim mentality. And it's like, woe is me. This happened to me. This is what's going on in my life. This is about me. It's very narcissistic. Mm. Even with a lot of worship songs, it's not about we and what Jesus did for us. It's about I. We make it about us. Um, but with that being said, the verse that really comes to mind when I think of repentance, it's... I think even our testimonies tend to be that way, too. Yeah. Because it's always about like what situations we were in and how Jesus just delivered us from that. Which, I mean, like yes, it's true. But... But it's not based on who Jesus was and what he did. Yeah, but it, there's also scripture that talks about the blood of the lamb and the power of your testimony. Mm-hmm. So we are called to have power in our testimony and what God did for us. But at the same song, everything to do with worshiping God and everything that we walk through is not all about us. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's easy to forget that. But the perverted side of this coin, one is pride, but the other is insecurity. Mm-hmm. So just as much as thinking you're everything, thinking that everything happens to you is just as bad. It's not about what happens to you. It's about how you go through it and the yeah. attitude that you allow to develop and, and be created when you do go through stuff. That's what's important. Yeah. But I love the responsibility that comes with this verse. And I think it's Second Chronicles seven fourteen, but it says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves... Pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. It doesn't say God will humble you. It says you shall humble yourself. Mm. And I love the responsibility that it gives us there because God does his part. But where are we? We want God to show up. We want to hear from him. We want him to move in our life. But where are we showing up and say, here I am, Lord. Thank you for your will, not for what I want. And I think part of what we need to repent for is we get upset with God. And I think that you and I, honestly, any person could attest to this of where we asked God for our will and got upset when it didn't go our way mm-hmm. instead of saying, I'm like your sister, instead of being like, man, I'm thankful for what I have. Lord, help me to be listening for your will. What would you have me do? What do you want? We mm-hmm. complain and we're like, God, I'm upset that you haven't done this or we're waiting on the next thing instead of being appreciative for what we already have. Right. Yeah. And so I think that we need to return, like return to him and repent and just really ask him, man, God, what would you have me do? Because it doesn't say he works all things together for your good. It says he works all things together for the good of those that love him. Mm-hmm. Well, that includes more than just you. Yeah. It benefits everybody. He said, I'm not willing that any man shall perish, but because of his patience that he, he gives time for people to repent. Mm-hmm. And the character of God is not just, oh, I can't wait to come down hard on you because you didn't turn from this. No, he's patient and waiting on you to repent. Yeah. And so just getting back to the heart of the father and, and asking him being like, man, God, what's your will? Mm-hmm. What, what's my part in this? What would you have me do? Help me to hear your voice. Help me to do what you would want, because that's going to not only bring me actual joy and fulfillment other than chasing the wind, it's going to save people around me. Yeah. It's not just about me and me being at the top with you. It's about me going to the bottom with you and bringing other people with me. Yeah. So how do you think people kind of give away that, pride and power of thinking that their will is better than God's like how do you think that eventually they're able to have that attitude about it well 
as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So it's about what you deposit in your heart. Where do you spend your time, your treasure, your talent? What do you think on? What do you meditate on night and day? And I don't mean meditate like, um, like, but what are you sitting John, there um, replaying in your head John, all day? John Calvin or Martin Luther calls it contemplating rather than meditating. Um, what, like, what you're saying, what are you thinking about all day long? Like, what mm-hmm. occupies your mind when you're just in autopilot? Yeah. Um, so contemplating, meditating is, yeah. I just wanted to throw that in there. I'm sorry. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? No, but I, I just think it's interesting how the repentance requires us to give away power, to give away control to God. Yeah. And at the same time, it's like we're still in control of the decisions we make. But it's like we have to give away control of our attitudes uh, as far as wanting His will for our lives. Are we ever actually in control anyway, though? No. <laughs> Because whenever, like, you know, whatever we have planned for the day, does it actually go that way half the time? Or do delays come? Unexpected things come up? Yeah. A lot of that happens. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, yes, we have to give away control, but it's this false sense of control that that we've created for ourselves. But then again, it's so pivotal, though, because... It's like it's our decision. Like God gives us that decision-making process, as yeah. far as like whether we choose to follow Him or not. Mm-hmm. Like He He get, like He wants us to have that free will. And I believe like so we are definitely still responsible for our actions and stuff like that. Um, one thing that I used to have a problem with when I was reading through Exodus was multiple times when Moses is speaking to Pharaoh telling him that you know god has sent me to let his people go um is that it would alternate between saying pharaoh hardened his heart and saying god hardened his heart and so that would like confuse me because it had me like okay so is in pharaoh in control of the situation or is in god in control of the situation and i was like is that fair but I had it explained to me like this. Whether God was hardening Pharaoh's heart or Pharaoh was hardening his heart himself, Pharaoh was still responsible for his actions, for his decisions. God didn't make those decisions for him. Mm-hmm. He may have hardened his heart, but Pharaoh was still hardening his heart himself. He was still making those decisions. Right. He was still make, being wicked in that way. Um, so... It's a, it's a paradox that just doesn't make sense to us. Um, but like another paradox, biblically speaking, is the Bible itself. So the Bible was written by man's hand, but it was it's the spoken word of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so who wrote it? Did man write it or did the Holy Spirit write it? Both of them did. But they did it together. So, God is always in control. He, like, because he de- he's, de- he's determined everything. But that doesn't make us any less responsible for our own actions. Mm-hmm. 
because it's still going on in our spirit whether we choose to listen to him or disobey him right i don't know i won't be the best to explain it but there's multiple things that you google is a wonderful friend <laughs> and you can find many things on yeah. this topic about it whitney I mean, there is a verse in Psalm 81, 12, and it says, so I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. Mm -hmm. So I think at that point it comes with, like you said, he was responsible for his decisions, but he had every opportunity to turn and and back to God. Um, I think according to that, before God would have ever hardened his heart, I think Pharaoh already made the conscious decision to harden his own heart. Yeah. And so I think that that happens a lot of time with us, like whenever we're walking with God and we make decisions that we know aren't putting him first. Like Mm -hmm. I said earlier, they might not seem to be harming us. We can come up with excuses as to why it's okay. Um, I feel like anything you have to make excuses for, you probably shouldn't do. That, not even like excuses, but justifications. If you feel like you have to justify it, but everybody else can point it out and kind of be like, hey man, what's this? What's up? Da, da, da. And you're like, well, it's this, this, and this. And I found the times that I've been like, well, it's this, this, and this. I'm doing something I probably shouldn't be doing. And even mm-hmm. though it has the appearance of maybe potentially honoring God, it's actually not. Yeah. And I know those feelings or I wouldn't have to justify it. And so those things never worked out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was just another example of like temptation or like chasing after the wind, something that looks and has God-like appearance, but that's not what it is. Right. We, we're just going to have to do a episode on that (laughs) i'm down for it yeah to try and wrap it up what would you guys i guess we'll kind of throw this question out there what would you say to a listener that is in that period between repentance and um the hardening of their heart or in their old ways what what would you say to them repent (laughs) (laughs) other than that i I mean yes it sounds funny but i'm being serious repent why because if you are convicted by this episode that you've been doing something that you know you shouldn't be doing, then if you've been looking for a sign to stop doing what you're doing, here's your sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't need a sign, though. Right. God is always working on your heart. He is always pursuing you. Mm-hmm. And he's always grieved by every sinful action you take. Mm-hmm. So... If you know that you are in sin, stop and repent. Pursue God, because he has better for you anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, just bringing it back to the point, I think that if you're at a place that at first you were kind of hearing God on it and you felt kind of corrected or you might have even been questioning it and not having peace about it, maybe you went ahead and stepped into it. You did not, you know, exercise patience on it. Don't continue to make decisions that are going to make you callous to the Holy Spirit. One time um, we were in prayer huddle, and I know we're wrapping this up, but my friend Melissa had shared, she was like, so many times that you don't listen to Holy Spirit, when you know that you're supposed to, it actually calluses your heart toward God, and then you have trouble hearing Him. And so I think if you're at that place where you feel God like you're having... to the base minds, like you were just reading. Yeah. I was like, I think if you're at that place where you're having trouble hearing God, you've probably made decisions. So if you're trying to weigh that line of, if you're in between... If you feel like you're having trouble hearing from God, the only thing that's going to cause a barrier between you and him is something like that where you've allowed yourself to be callous where you really haven't listened to him. 
and he's tried to show you things and then maybe temptation has come or a distraction or strife and you started listening to the sounds of the wind instead of the voice of God and anything that's blown tune in and fro like past you you're just kind of cap- trying to keep up with that you're trying to to read the status of what's going on around you instead of looking looking at him and being like you know what man god i'm really sorry for every time i got caught up on something that wasn't you i'm really sorry for every time i i looked at that and thought it was more desirable than what you had for me i'm really sorry for any time i listened to a voice that wasn't you and that i followed something that looked like it was going to produce short-term satisfaction but long-term my, my joy is just not complete And so you can look at your life, and if you don't have the fruit of the Spirit, peace, joy, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, if those aren't the first things that you know that's in your heart, then there's areas that you need to check with God and that you need to repent. And I think that's kind of how you weigh it. You have to self-evaluate. You have to humble yourself and actually look at yourself, and not in the prideful, it's all about me, but in, Lord, where have I made it about me when it should have been about you? Mm -hmm. You should see the fruit of the Spirit in your life. It says if a tree is good, let it be good. If a tree is bad, let it be bad. But a good tree doesn't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. What's the fruit in your life? Is it Jesus first, others, and then you? Or is it you first, sometimes other, and then incorporating God in the middle? Like if you look at your list of priorities, if you look at the fruit in your life, you can easily see if there's areas that you need to repent that you haven't. Does this mean you need to be perfect? Absolutely not. Does it mean that you need to be able to be like, Lord, here I am, even when you're not perfect? Absolutely. And you you don't hate the person, you hate the sin. You're called to love all people regardless of, of those things. They need light in their life. They need love. But you're not, it's not, Jesus did not preach love and acceptance. He accepts the person. That doesn't mean he accepts the sin. And it's not because he's against you. It's because he knows what's good for your heart. He knows what you should be putting in. He knows what what's good for your soul. And it's because he's see. forgiven you. Yeah, he already paid forgiven. that price. He made that decision before you ever came to him that he was going to do this. Whether you accepted him or not, that's how much he loves you. And that's where it comes down to your decision. Do you accept him or do you not? Yeah. That's, um, when, the, that's, what, that's when the preacher comes down from the bullpen. And then everyone, <laughs> stands, or everyone stands for the, the final hymn. Him. Everyone yeah. come up to Alter the front. Call. Coming up to the front. Yeah, I just know. like, you know, growing up we had, I mean, we had tons of sermons where the preacher would do that and he'd call for people. It was it would, every sermon. It was every sermon. That's because but, that's how Church of Christ works. Yeah. But do you ever think about the courage that people have to walk up there? Because when they really know that their life needs adjusting. If I could give listeners any advice, it's like listen to that voice inside you when when it's telling you that you're doing something wrong, follow it and have a sense of urgency. Yeah. About it. Yeah. Um, before we close though, I do want to talk a little bit about reconciliation because we already mentioned it. Yeah. Um basically what I was saying earlier though is that if you have sinned against a brother or if there is a relationship that is in your or has been in your life that you that has been troubled or rocky and you haven't already done this go to them and try and fix that relationship Mm -hmm. or friendship or whatever it is um we're commanded to do that in many places in the bible paul tells us to in colossians and other places um jesus does the same 
Now, if they won't accept like your apology and stuff like that, then that doesn't mean that you have to keep trying, but keep the door open for them to come to you. Yeah. After that. Um, but reconciliation is such a freeing thing uh, because I was able to reconcile with my mother a couple weeks ago about stuff that was going on when my father was sick. Yeah. And we fi- like finally were able to talk stuff and I felt like she heard me out. Whereas before, I would try and explain to her how, like, how these things made me feel and it was always her just trying to justify and, you know, well, this is why I did this and this is why I did that and she never actually heard me. Um, and so by that point I was just like, I'm, I'm done trying, but finally we were able to talk and she listened to me after she brought up the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so reconciliation, it's a freeing thing. Um, keeps you from holding grudges on people. I mean, reconciliation comes back to the point of humility and forgiveness and being able to let things go and taking responsibility for your part in it. Because it doesn't tell you to forgive others if they felt really, really bad about what they did. Yeah. Or if they got to the level of punishment that you think that they felt just bad enough that now you're willing to forgive them. It doesn't say, oh, well, if they do something this extra awful to you, then it's okay to walk in unforgiveness. No, it says forgive seventy times, seven times a day. And, and, Paul, and Paul says, forgive others as your Father has forgiven you. Yeah. Um, and so... Think about I mean, how many times you've grieved the Father. Yeah. Definitely more than 77 times 7. So it's like, you've been forgiven, so forgive others. Well, guys, that is your wit dumb for the week. <laughs> <laughs> and Dalton... Guys, this is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. Unleavened Blah. Maybe I'll be able to say it right next week. Um, we'll practice it. We'll sound it out this week. Yeah, I'll just be, it'll be my mantra for the week. <laughs> Seven times before bed. Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. See, you can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Free Wine and Free wine bread. And Unleavened Bread. There we go. Just got to say it slower. <laughs> Guys, thanks for tuning in to the show. Uh, as always, send us prayer requests or topic requests. We love to hear from you. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review uh, that helps us get the podcast out um, and makes it kind of show up in their algorithms or however that works yeah. um, so that it can get out to reach other people. Speaking of reaching other people, David and I didn't prepare this, but I think David has some announcements for the show. We're going to be doing some things differently to try and reach more people. Yeah, so... Um we are going to go ahead and get a website up for you guys so we can kind of have a command post for all of our content. Um, we are getting video production started. Hopefully this will be on YouTube here in the next week or so. Um, yeah, just really excited about that. I'm going to get a Facebook page up. Just really trying to, to bring every form of medium to you guys and give you every opportunity to, to listen and uh, for it to reach people. So again, thank you for listening. If you're just doing your part, listening on Spotify, I just really appreciate that. Every little, every little listen helps. Yeah. We get really excited seeing the, uh, the statistics, uh, statistics. Wow, dude. I can't talk. <laughs> Why am I hosting a podcast? We need to work on it. Um, 
we get really excited about seeing the s- statistics on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts and all that. Yeah. Um, guys, also just if you enjoy the show, share it with a friend. Yeah. Um, even if they're a non-believer, we try to make this non-believer friendly. Yeah. Um, we try to make it not so preachy. We try to make it casual. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just share it with a friend and get the word out there. Yeah. All right, guys, have a good week. We'll see you next time.